0: How much do you hate meetings? As business owners, we know we need to have meetings, but if we're being honest, most of the time they suck. They waste time and valuable energy and everyone on the team dreads it. You've read every blog article suggesting the latest trend and how to hold your meetings, but none of them seem to work. In this episode, we're gonna give you the one fundamental that will transform your meetings today. And at the end of the episode, we'll even give you a reusable meeting form for free. All right, Jeremy, so we're talking about how to stop hating meetings using a virtual
1: assistant. Cancel them. Easy peasy. (laughs) Thanks for watching.
0: Cancel all the meetings. No, I was, uh, as I was getting prepared for this episode, I was thinking back, I went down memory lane like a decade ago when, remember that restaurant, Duggars? Oh
1: man, that was the best restaurant, it, it was.
0: It Ugh. was good, it was right across from our office. It ended up having a fire years yeah. later and then I think it's a parking lot now. It is. <laughs> but yeah. every, was it Wednesday? I don't know. It was. I think it was every Wednesday, all the people who were in charge at Wistar Group, our property management company, would go to lunch and we had a ball. I mean, I really enjoyed it was good those it was meetings. the best
1: food in town I think Ugh. and not
0: just the the um, food but like you know we had a bunch of laughs and we had a,
1: it was it was a great time.
0: we totally enjoyed ourselves having these lunches and we used that time as our meeting time and it was fun, which is why we didn't want to change it for like two years because it was so enjoyable. But um, in those two years, I think we kind of stagnated. Do you remember that happening?
1: Yeah, yeah yeah and the meetings were while they were fun, they didn't exactly help us get to a next level, which is kind of where EOS kicked in yeah and which I... we're not going to be promoting eOS in this thing but what are the what are the various components of meetings that actually make them work because you don't have to be a, an EOS subscriber, or whatever it is, to no. make things work.
0: We're going to talk about the generalities that make meetings successful, that will move the business forward. So, so anyway, but yes, we we started using EOS, but but I want to talk about some of the reasons why we never succeeded. And well, we we sustained our business, but we never grew utilizing the really fun Duggars meetings, and one was. Uh, we would get overwhelmed. I do remember having this constant feeling of being overwhelmed at those meetings because obviously at any business, there are like five million things you could be doing. And so we weren't good at prioritizing. We would just like have shiny object syndrome every Wednesday and be like, oh, I really should prioritize that. And there was never like a quarterly goal.
1: Right, do you no, I never made that? it. Yeah, it always became, well, I would like to say that those meetings Really essentially became, you know, what's up for the week. But then at the end of that week in the next meeting, we never actually went back to check to make sure that the things that people had said that they were going to do was exactly. done. And that's not a recipe for success. Well,
0: that's the second thing that was wrong with it. So we never prioritized goals and then we never held anyone accountable. Right. And then we didn't have our computers in front of us, so we never really looked at the metrics during that meeting. Yeah. Because we're at a restaurant. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of businesses operate this way, and the advantage is it's really fun and you feel like personally connected with your teammates when you go out to lunch every week. The negative is without the accountability, without the the organizational structure to really focus on specific initiatives. Instead of just being like, oh yeah, we should do that, and oh, we should do this, and and if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority, um, and without the metrics in front of you to tell the story, uh, it's really hard to move forward with the business. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, it doesn't feel like you're moving forward, and and you can grow still. I mean, I, I know that we grew doing, during those years, but it was. Just because it was an unscalable model, because it just took it just took work, and you know their partners and employees would uh, be confronted with an opportunity, and they would attack it. But it was there was no methodical mm-hmm. way of going from where we are to where we're going. It was just like let's see where the fuck this takes us. Yeah, and then totally. and it ended up working out really well, and and we later changed the way that we did business, but. It was, um, yeah, it was it was undisciplined, I would say.
0: And for the goals that we had at the time, it met the not super ambitious goals. But when we had ambitious goals, we needed to change the way that we operated to get to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay, so we're going to talk about kind of a confidence shift because uh, when you go from that type of meeting structure, you're just – Kind of playing small. It's fun to play small, and it's all about relationships. And everybody loves, you know, the relationship-driven business.
1: And, and it's a lifestyle business. Like you could probably stall, or maybe just grow it in, at the rate of inflation, <laughs> and be fine.
0: And that's what we were doing. And you know, we fed three families in the executive level. You know, three three households at the executive level. Yeah, and I were, think we had
1: forty employees or something in our with our maintenance yeah. staff and everything, so, it I was mean, great. It,
0: it was a great lifestyle business, but to get it to that next level, uh, first of all, it takes confidence to to have a more structured meeting structure because when people don't adhere to the meeting structure, you gotta be a little bit like loving but tough. So, um, so there are three things that you're, I guess we should back up. So ideal meetings have three things involved. One is a structured agenda The second one is using metrics to make decisions, so having updated metrics at your weekly meetings. And then the third is holding people accountable. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, and if you wanna talk about the first one with agendas, really the way to help make sure this works in your company is that whenever you get a meeting invite, um, don't accept it unless it has an agenda attached. Because how are you supposed to prepare? You can't even go to the meeting with what you need to be useful in the meeting, so just deny it, don't show up, or, and then inevitably you they're- could be
0: nice and just be like, you know, I don't know what this meeting is about, you know.
1: Well, that's what ends up, I mean, so then that, and uh, you can do that, um, and then that becomes the the regular, that becomes, becomes a routine. At some point, you just have to say no, and then, make it so that they update the agenda and then you can uh, accept it. Because if you don't have the confidence to just deny the meeting, because it doesn't have its most important part, then, then, then you're gonna find yourself having email exchanges and phone conversations every time.
0: And you're not really respecting your own time. Yeah, And so in my uh, we're friends with a lot of entrepreneurs and it's interesting to watch people gain confidence over time of accepting mediocre meetings and then going to being like, I love you, employee, you're fantastic, but I can't even I can't even justify this 30 minute one on one because you're not prepared. Yeah. And you can still be nice and clear and have high expectations. And I think as businesses move along that trajectory, that business journey, they go from the Duggars meetings. I think everybody yeah, kind of starts there. Yeah. And then you go to a place where you're like, I'm not if your one on one form isn't filled out, we're not doing this one on one. I mean, I'll reschedule for when you're ready, but We've right. gotta be prepared for this. So how can a virtual assistant help you with this? Especially in the transition of going from like a Duggars meeting mindset to a we're gonna be organized, we're gonna be hold ourselves accountable, we're gonna operate like the business that we wanna be and be organized with agenda, with metrics, with holding ourselves accountable. Your remote professional, your virtual assistant, ex, uh, executive assistant can make sure that the day before or two days before the week of uh, your uh, that that you're working that your calendar is filled with meetings with agendas and if a meeting doesn't have an agenda which sometimes can happen with clients cuz not everybody is operating the same way right like yeah. clients and vendors will be like hey let's just talk for 30 minutes you know and there is a place for that but internally there should be no meetings without mm, agendas yeah for sure um, and so in those meetings, you'll want you'll want them to look at your calendar ahead of schedule, make sure that the agendas are in those meetings and that the metrics that you'll be going over are it housed in the software that you use to house metrics so that you're not going into a meeting without the data to inform the decisions that you should be making in that meeting.
1: And, and actually, I was thinking about my last answer. I think it's even like, especially if you have a customer, a client services manager or something, they're like, hey, a client wants to talk to you, can I set up some time? Yeah, but if they set up that time and there's no agenda, like you can really go into one of these meetings without any idea of what you're supposed to talk about. And those are kind of weird meetings. Those are, hey, how are you doing? W- what do we wanna talk about? Just like, make sure that if you're helping somebody set up a meeting, whether you're the assistant or a client services manager, Put an outline in there so that you like what happened. What's the history? What are we trying to do? Just um, some sort of a framework that you can work off of.
0: And you can even just say like, have the assistant be like, "Hey, uh, Jeremy is happy to meet with you, but he likes to be prepared for the meetings. How should he prepare?" Yeah,
1: and then that's
0: like a nice way of being like, "What's the point of this meeting?" Yeah,
1: how does he prepare? Ah, okay.
0: And, And having that kind of. Meeting structure, man, you're not going to waste so much time. You're not going to waste your time. Like each minute of that workday is going to be productive if you operate with that kind of cadence and organizational structure. Yeah. But also, I mean, it happens in our meetings. Uh, we have use the 90.io software and the KPIs are supposed to be in there. And then somebody doesn't have their KPI in there that may be from a different team. Having your virtual assistant review that the day before, make sure that those KPIs get into the software, ensures that your meetings you're utilizing all the information that's available at that point. It's really important. And just a little thing about KPIs: um, you need six data points to see a trend. So if people aren't filling out the data, or you know, that's another thing. They're skipping. They're skipping the data, or they decide that one. KPI oh, randomly is not yeah. worth doing, have a, make sure that that is a deliberate decision and get rid of that KPI on your organizational. Otherwise
1: it looks like static and it devalues the rest of the KPIs because you don't need it. You, at least there's, ob, there's an example of a KPI, which is supposed to be the most important metric in the company that doesn't really matter. So now it dilutes the value of all the other KPIs because do they really matter?
0: Yeah, it's really important. So so having those KPIs filled out is super important. The other thing, so we use the Level 10 methodology where you have the teams and the teams have goals and in those goals they they're in charge of getting those things done. Where executives get in trouble is when they are going outside of the Level 10 Uh, methodology. So let's say an executive wants to meet with the marketing team, but they're not regularly in those weekly meetings. Then they ask for a bunch of to-dos or a bunch of follow-ups from that team, but there's no methodology to write that down and hold those people accountable. So that's where an executive assistant can make sure that they are writing down the actual to-dos of that person and then following up to make sure that those are getting done. And that
1: they're ready for the, by the time the meeting comes around.
0: Yes, and have that next meeting scheduled for when those things have to get done. And,
1: and then what ends up happening is, after just a couple of weeks of somebody following up and, and you know, you know the, a couple of days before the meeting, things start to get done without any sort of a trigger. There's no last minute response mechanism for, oh God, the meeting's in an hour. Who to do, backfill all the information. You know, there's no thought that in the in that situation, there's no thought that's put into it. So you can, it ends up cleaning itself up right at the front. And just like with anything that's disciplined, everybody starts to get used to the cadence and everybody starts making adaptations to make their lives easier. And in this case, their lives are easier when they're done with their shit.
0: And then your culture transforms. Just this one accountability methodology, just this not accepting meetings unless the information is there, just making sure that your virtual assistant is making sure people are prepared before they meet with you, that changes the whole culture of the business.
1: Yeah, and so just really, just to kind of summarize things, here's, so you have quarterly objectives and then you have these weekly meetings that are designed to help people Uh, help identify whether or not people are on track. To reach those quarterly goals. To reach those quarterly goals. Now, here's how it works. If they are not on track, like if when you ask them the question, is this quarterly objective on track? And they say no, you move it to a discussion later in the meeting is how we do it. And then you ask them what the obstacle is. The team decides what they can do to help uh, or what that individual can do to help get past the obstacle. And then that becomes a to-do in the short term. And so those to-dos then are discussed in the next meeting, like was that done? Did it help you get back on track? So that's kind of how everything ticks and ties together. And it's, I think, a really important, that's what brings that discipline and uh, that special cadence to successful meetings.
0: And I would just say the one-on-ones are another way to dig into those projects to make sure they get done. 60% of projects at any business don't get completed.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: um, And if you're one of those businesses that actually can complete projects on budget and on time, You're a unicorn, but having a virtual assistant ensure that these meetings are ready ahead of time is one of those things that will help you get there.
1: I would go so far as to say that if you are the type of person that seems to think that really meetings aren't going to be uh, ever really going to be valuable or useful or you don't want to work on it, I would go find a job. (laughs) Like quit your company, sell it, do whatever you need to do um, and go work for a company that's larger so that you can see it actually operate you'll then be convinced that it's worth doing and then maybe you're the right person to start a company wow yeah I,
0: tough jeremy i mean
1: if you Very can't do tough. it you're just not the right person to be an entrepreneur <laughs> i if you can't adapt well get out. i
0: see i would take a softer approach because businesses like we had the duggars meeting and the Duggars meeting worked for where we were. I think if you're looking for explosive growth, what you're saying is true, if that's the objective of the business. But you can run a small business in a way that's loosey-goosey, but it will reach a point where it hits a wall.
1: Yeah, and if it's not scalable in today's society, in today's um, uh, business environment with you know AI and uh, venture capital, I mean, mom and pop shops are going to be at a disadvantage unless they have, unless they can connect to an infrastructure that makes them act like they're a much larger organization and meetings are a big part of that. I mean, it's, it's obviously a thought experiment. I'm not saying actually go out there and sell all your, sell your, your company. I'm bad
0: at meetings. I'm I'm bad at meetings. uh, But
1: (laughs) you might want to consider that if you can't run a meeting effectively, uh, You might not be the right person for... Well, you
0: could grow, though. You could just identify. Oh, this
1: is the trigger for that. Like, identify it. Now that you know, you kind of have to.
0: If you want better meetings, download our free one-on-one meeting guide. It's in the show notes. That's a wrap. We'll see you next time on Bootstrappers.